The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. for episode 186 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. <laughs> so, so Carlos, was, what were you up to last week? Z's already. <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, this was confusion. Uh, we're, just, we're gonna go past that, past this part. <laughs> no, past this part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Having a nice, uh, having a nice weekend. Well, that's about to end. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope not. Well, I mean, it, it is quarter to ten on a Sunday night, so one way or the other, that's about to end. Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> I'm you and your logic. It's 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 my biggest failing. You know. It is. It is. It's, it's spoilers. It's not. <laughs> it gets worse. Uh, guys, on this day in 1994, this is a special day for me. In 1994, mm-hmm. 25 years ago is, today. Is it? Would you shut up? Do it, do it. You're the... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do. Go for it. All right, go. Spoil it. No, no, I don't want to spoil it. You don't know. Okay, you... okay. You don't know. Do I, was in, I was in San Diego. You were in San Diego in 94? In 94 this month. Uh, and it's also in two days. It's going to be the anniversary of the baseball strike that uh, ruined our baseball team. Uh, you know. Sorry, I was in I was in San Diego though. Just saying. You every time you mention the Expos, I just yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nope. For me, on this day in 1994, uh, the day I saw my first live concert. Oh, Soundgarden. That's right. Not a good show. It wasn't a good show. I was really did. I was so excited to go to that show. I mean, this was the, the the age where you would learn about a show coming either on the radio or in like a little a classified ad in the newspaper. <laughs> you know, Soundgarden tickets it's like in this tiny little one inch ad. That's how I found out. So I, I, that's how I got my tickets. And I was I was stoked for so long leading up to it. This was uh, promoting Super Unknown. Which is an amazing album. Yeah, one of my favorites. So so good, and uh, yeah, I get to the. I'm just anticipating every step of it. Waiting outside, getting into the venue, the pre-show. I forget who opened though. Mm, now I forget who opened. Anyway, just yeah, Soundgarden themselves, not great. They were not. They were not very good. Although, it was the Verdun Auditorium, which back then was just probably still is a total dump. So yeah, well, it's actually going under undergoing renovations. Oh, okay, well, a little bit yeah, less of a I, dump then. I dro- drove right by it today, actually, and um, it needs it badly. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I mean that's like it's uh, probably had more rats than the old Boston Garden. Man, that's a lot of rats. Yeah, probably especially, not. especially when you consider the the twenty three players on the ice. <laughs> that's a start. Starting with that Ken Lindsman. Ah, oh, jeez, yeah. Ugh. 
Good lord. Yeah. Oh, he made, it made me mad. What? When did the uh, the THX come out? Editions come out, Kyle? Was that's, that's it. I thought you were going to say that. On this day, I received my copy. Because that was awesome. How did he receive it? He, he went to go pick it up. Because that's what we did. Nobody received anything. Yeah, but I think we had them actually. That we made sure the guy at Video Super Schwa or whatever, like, put them aside for us or whatever. And Super Schwa, old school. Oh yeah. The building still stands. It's now a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. <laughs> I do miss video stores. I, for the record, I I do miss them. I I like the convenience of on demand. Don't get me wrong, but I do miss blockbusters and and such. Well, that's why I think there's also the the thrill of the hunt is still alive because there's less and less of that aspect to life nowadays because everything is is uh, at the end of our fingertips. It's true. Know? It's absolutely true. Like imagine, imagine they reintroduced blockbusters and and that and streaming was taken away. On demand was was given the boot. And then you have to take your kids who are completely normalized to, to on-demand streaming services. Now you got to tell them, oh, no, we, we have to go to the video store to get the movie and hope they have it. <laughs> Imagine yeah. like, the freak out, the first world freak out that would happen if they got there and all the copies of Endgame are gone. What? What do you, what do you mean we can't watch it today? Now we're going to have to go choose some other movie. I don't want to watch something. I'm sorry. That's it. That, that was standard for back in the day with anything, including video games. Yeah, I remember oh, me and my buddy yeah. landed uh, Mortal Kombat on its like opening weekend. We couldn't believe we got a copy, you know? Those little Velcro buttons. They're the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I yeah, I mean I miss all that stuff. It was nice to see it ever so briefly in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Alright, you know what? I think I uh... I, I yield. I prefer streaming and on demand. <laughs> let's let's keep that instead. I love walking into the video store and smelling that popcorn. Yes, you know the popcorn, and but it's like just go to a movie theater, jackass. Like, yeah, it's, you could do that. It, yeah, or you it's could right just there. you could buy popcorn and do it at home. That's that's also a thing. Yeah, no, it's not the same. <laughs> it's I mean I've tried all the popcorn brands. And there's still something about movie popcorn at the theater or any of those popcorn machines, you know, those uh, industrial popcorn machines. There's just something different about that. The smell of the air. It's that hot oil they spray all over it. Mm. The topping, the mystery topping. Are we going to are we going to (laughs) be labeled (laughs) adult content with the oil spraying and the all over the popcorn? Let's oh, hope Jesus. not. Let's hope not. But you never know, though. Yeah, I know. Although, I never put that ooze. This isn't being uploaded through Patreon, so I know they're at least they're not listening. Unless they are. I mean, maybe they they maybe they just like us. <sighs> I know that that would be my reaction too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, guys, August could be. Could be a big month for us Star Wars fans. I'm hoping it is. Um, D23. That's at yep. the end of this month. Uh, and possibly some Entertainment Weekly coverage. Which you, which is, in the past has happened in August. We got, I think, we, we usually get like two Bresna bombs. We usually got one August. And I think another one in October. 
but he's not there anymore. Anthony Bresnikan is no longer with EW, so hopefully they've got another writer in the saddle ready to give us a bunch of info later this month. That would be be really welcome, because man, oh man, it's it's thin out there in terms of Star Wars news. I don't I don't remember it being this thin for at any point in the last four years. No, I'm well, sure think, it has been. Oh, even at that though, I don't think. Uh... With it being episode nine, I don't know how much they're necessarily gonna give us, even though they're they're gonna want to market this thing. Like at the same time, they don't want us to know anything. Oh, I, might, if it was up to JJ, clear. if it was up to JJ, nothing would ever come out. Just a title, not even, not even that, not even that. It would, maybe maybe a teaser at some point. Maybe he would have to concede that. All right, we gotta at least tell people it's coming. This is a big deal. But I, I'm pretty sure, like this is the guy that dropped a movie on Netflix. And didn't like it was the Cloverfield. Yeah, one of the Cloverfield movies just popped up on Netflix one day. Didn't tell anybody. I I would I would imagine this guy would just love to not tell anybody. Uh, so how's how's uh actually D twenty three? Do you think that's I'm starting to think that's going to be more about the streaming service and. Uh, the Mandalorian more than it will be about uh, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I kind of, I agree. I, I hope we get a bit of both, but I definitely think uh, if anything, the Mandalorian, because they've seemed to be talking about that a little more loosely, if anything, but not even at that. Yeah. I mean, people are, people are getting real ready. Like some people think we're getting a trailer for episode nine. A lot of other people seem to think we're getting like a, a behind the scenes reel. That's where my head's at. But you know, the more we go ahead here, it's the more it makes sense that I think they're they're going to make it about the streaming service, which would mean for Star Wars uh, some heavy content on the Mandalorian. It'd be nice to get something on the Clone Wars as well. Yeah, I think there's a bit of that. Yeah, that they'll yeah, probably I mean... drop like a, a season two trailer for Resistance. And um, a little bit of bit of Clone War stuff, but I, I don't think they're gonna touch Episode Nine until of Triple Force Friday. I think that's when we're gonna start getting some news. That still seems so far away. <laughs> that's why that's two it months is. from today, isn't it? Exactly. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty far away, and. That trailer, I think the trailer for The Last Jedi was on Monday Night Football uh, mid-October, I think, 2017. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see them, you know, releasing anything earlier than that, especially since they want to try to keep as much uh, under wraps up until, you know... They, they they don't want stuff floating around for too long. No, but it, yeah, it's at some point like it's it's they're gonna hold so much back, but they're gonna run out of time. Like they're gonna have to. I mean, at some point they're simply gonna have to open open the uh, the floodgates, and it's gonna just come rushing at us all at one time, and it's gonna be it's gonna be overwhelming. It's gonna be great. <laughs> don't get me wrong; it's gonna be amazing, but it's it's gonna be. I think it'll bring break the question of why didn't you just spread this out a little more evenly? Like people are inundated now. Anyway, yeah. so uh, 
Carlos, have any uh, any Star Wars related adventures this week? Uh, I washed my old Star Wars T-shirt, and uh, I wore my Luke Skywalker Lego watch. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been uh, I've been looking online. You sent me um, uh, behind the scenes. You sent me uh, one of these Amazon deals for um the imperial convey x transport yep and uh it's a really good price and i started uh you know talking about how i think we we had we had said that the set itself would have to be a lot cheaper because it's just not that interesting yeah it's really not to me and then i i started doing the calculation in my head of like okay what would make this more interesting uh and i started doing that in my head and uh and now all of a sudden i'm kind of interested in this in the kit because i don't think there's too many pieces that would be considered um exclusive to the set so you could in theory build more cars to make that train a bit longer sure uh and then uh with some technic pieces you could actually make a nice maquette uh, probably not a playset uh, but something that you could display um, to, to to make it look more like the heist scene from Solo. Yeah, um, you, you know what surprises me is, is that nobody has yet done that. You, you Sometimes we see footage from cons and people have built this custom mock-up of, of a scene from Star Wars. And it's, it's 300,000 pieces and it took a, a year and a half to build. Yeah. Like I'm surprised we haven't seen a conveyex scene. Like it's, it seems probably easy enough. Like you can get Lego train tracks and, and motorized things like that, right? So I'm I'm surprised nobody's built like a ten or twelve car conveyex system. Well, somebody probably has. It just probably didn't get viral yet. And uh, I'd have to scour YouTube to 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 check it out. But I'm sure there are people who have tried. The problem is the set itself is uh retail price is a uh, hundred and ten dollars so probably eighty or ninety dollars u s and um it's just not that appealing when you look at the price per piece uh, but if this uh, set cuts down to liquidation, I see people grabbing three and four sets to try to try to make a bigger train and that's something that i was I was actually thinking about and I don't want to give lego i mean they probably have this idea already and have nixed it but like why aren't there any expansion packs for lego sets mm. yes like this seems you know, one tailor-made for it if you if, if you want to just buy the conveyor set as is here you go but if you're crazy <laughs> here's an expansion set for an extra whatever it is 40 50 bucks add yeah. two or three more cars exactly or just give like uh maybe not an expansion set in itself but have um directions to build extra cars and uh then maybe you can go through your own pieces and 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 build and build a set i don't know i just think that they're that they're missing an opportunity there especially when you like there's a set with 622 pieces at 110 dollars you're like you're asking it not to be bought by anyone yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean the 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 Han with the with the goggles is pretty cool, and Chewie's always cool to have, um, you know. But the range troopers are not really movie accurate. 
and uh, no Val, no Beckett, no Rio, like no droid. Like you're not really making it that scene. I think that it's a missed opportunity, but all that being said, come to come around full circle right now, it's at 59 uh, Canadian dollars uh, on Amazon. If it was at 50, I'd get it. So they're close. They're close. They're get, it's getting it's getting close. It's getting close. And another really good deal right now, actually, if you want to go on Amazon uh, .ca, is Yoda's Hut at nineteen bucks. That's a steal. Yeah, that's a good, that's a fun one. That's a fun little set. It's really cool. You got Yoda, R two, and uh, Ripped Luke. And uh, yeah, no, that's something that I would uh, consider getting two of to make a full hut. Because it's like a half, right? Well, it's like an the expansion way, pack, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty it's, much. It's almost like it's a good idea. Almost. Hey, Lego. <laughs> Hello. Is this thing on? <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe with with the Conveyx set, like, they should just go big. Not even like a, uh, what is those really fancy ones called? The UCS? Not even that, but just like this, just this huge set. Make a big Conveyx, like a, a seven or eight car Conveyx. Put in pieces for an AT hauler as well, and just put in like ten characters. Make it a big deal. Even put in like a Cloud Rider bike. I would say so. I mean, uh, there's look, there's a lot of that. There's a lot in that scene specifically that you can you can do an absolutely huge master builder series like they did with the um, with Cloud City. Yeah, do something like that, and even add a couple of those Viper droids. Yeah, definitely need some Viper droids in there. Like uh, I didn't even think about putting in um Enfys Nest and the Cloud uh, the Cloud Riders because that it actually comes in its own set. So you can actually buy that set and and just add it on, but um yeah, I don't know. It's a there there's a lot there's a lot that could be done and I think that they leave a lot on the table, but they do it on purpose to leave a lot on the table. Well, they should stop doing that. <laughs> they should. <laughs> anyway, so those are my two really uh, cool deals that I'm I'm eyeing right now. But uh, we'll see. There's there's more important things. Yeah. Indeed, and you gotta save those save that money because Triple Force Friday, like we talked about, is is on its way and it's gonna it's gonna ruin us all. I know. There's no like the leaks that I'm getting for the future sets uh, are too vague for me to say. Uh, oh, I'm all in, or I'm gonna skip it. So it's like. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> and Corey, what about you, man? What's going on? Uh, not too much, Star Wars wise. Uh, I'm on my what third day in a row. I plan on I'm wearing I plan on wearing Star Wars shirts every day this week. That's my adventure for the week. I'm on vacation, baby. Nice. So yeah, no work this week for the cool ray. So that's gonna be nice. So I got some cool stuff planned on the collecting front. There's absolutely nada. You know, I went out once. I'm, I'm going to hit up some places on, I think one day this week, I'm going to try and go into the big city. <laughs> yeah. Shelby, Shelbyville. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to go hit up uh, downtown and see if I can maybe pick up some vintage comics or, you know, there's definitely some stuff that's starting to hit the shelves that I want. So Gotta score something this vacation, and I will. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I've I've almost given up 
on actual hunting for stuff. It's it's just such a useless thing for me out here now. So satisfying, though. Yeah, I guess the odd time you find something out there, it's satisfying, but I'm getting nothing. So now I, like, I'm, I'm sitting by the mailbox now because I, I should be getting a fairly steady stream of stuff coming at me in, in the next couple of days. I, I got a couple of confirmations of stuff shipping out to me. And so by next week, I hope to have more stuff to share. But yeah, I, the one thing I did pick up, which I omitted to mention over the last two weeks, uh, a vintage falcon. I bought myself yeah, a vintage I saw Millennium it. Falcon. Yeah, I, I I cracked open the trunk and showed it to you. Um, yeah, it just I, I gave up on the idea of refurbishing my old one. Just looking at the the price for the parts on eBay is by the time I do that and pay the shipping and exchange and all that stuff, I may as well just buy and buy a complete one. So the one I have is not quite complete. It's missing the struts for the uh, what do you call it? The ramp. And it's also mm. missing the training ball. Uh, but other than that, it's got everything. It's got it's got the covering for the floor um, the floor panel. It's got the chest table, the cockpits there, the the glass for the clock the cockpit. I, I'm thrilled with it. I love it. it, it I got to give it a good cleaning. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with it, man. So that's yeah, uh, it's pretty sweet and a good price too, like 140 bucks for a vintage Falcon, near complete, in pretty damn good shape. So I cannot complain about that. Yeah, some people just don't get that. Like, I uh, I showed my girlfriend. I was like, "Check this out." And she was like, "What? Like that much for that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." But yeah, that's. H- had you not had the other Falcon, do you think you would have gotten this one? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I almost passed on this one because I I do have an old Falcon as it is. Like it was sort of a. Not a difficult choice, but I had to think about it. I'm like, do I go just buy the pieces to fix my old one? Or do I have to just abandon that and just pick up, just save the time, save the energy, and just buy one as complete as possible at at the best price I can find? So that's what I did. Because I I know if I I decide I'm, oh, no, I want to refurbish mine just for old time's sake. I can flip the one I just picked up and probably, probably sell it for more than I paid for it. Especially if I clean it up. Anyway, that's uh, that's about it for our adventures in Star Wars. Um, I, I did watch Attack of the Clones today. Oh, cool! Oh, nice. Yeah, it didn't it didn't uh, it didn't pass the couch test. Oh, <laughs> you took a little nap. Yeah, it knocked you out. I only woke up when um, when they 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 started rolling out Anakin and Padme into the. Uh, into the into arena, the theater, the arena, yeah, the Petronaki Arena. Yes, it's a weird name, eh? The Petronaki Arena. It sounds like it sounds like where the uh, the World Cup of Hockey would be, would be played. Yeah, like <laughs> in one, one of the Baltic countries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, let's jump into uh, air quotes news because I, I hesitate to call it that at all. Mm. Uh, but uh, recently, Katie Sackhoff was on Collider. And they asked her about being on The Mandalorian, if she'd be a part of that show. Uh, she got all coy. She had this big grin on her face. And she talked about NDAs, declined comment entirely, which I guess in itself is seen as a comment nowadays. Uh, but, you know, that, that grin got people talking and her just not wanting to, to say anything at all. 
kind of is leading people down a certain path. But uh, Carlos, I'll start with you. Uh, do you think Katie Sackhoff is going to be on the Mandalorian? Um, I, I don't know if anything is signed yet, but I, I do believe like with that type of reaction, it tells me that there's been interest shown on one or both sides. And uh, maybe it's nothing signed yet, so um, that possibility exists. Uh, I would say it's more likely than not at this point. What about you, Corey? Uh, well, I'm kind of on the same boat there, like saying that she's working on something 100% with Disney in Star Wars. Like, first and foremost, I think that's really amazing. Like, I want to know a lot more about this character. You know what I mean? Like, she's been in Clone Wars and the Rebel and Rebels now. So everybody's kind of familiar with her. Plus, she kind of has, like, the the acting chops having been Star Starbuck on uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So anyway, like, you know, she was Death Watch. And then you see her in Rebels and she's kind of come full circle. So, like, I'd definitely like to see her character in The Mandalorian. But at the same time, we also have... Clone Wars season seven to take into consideration, right? Which is supposed to be supposedly it could we could see a Mandalorian aspect to this season. Well, she, she's case, in the trailer for season seven. Well, then there you go. Like so she I, just. I wonder if she knows that. <laughs> maybe that's what she was getting all coy about. Like maybe she's not in the Mandalorian, but she's in. Uh, she's in Clone Wars, but she doesn't know that we know that. That would that would seem like a stretch, but maybe that's all it is. That's it. Like uh, that's I'm contemplating that it could just be that she's in the animated series and just saying, you know, I I can't say anything. I know nothing. But if she were to go live action, I think that would be really interesting for that character, especially in the time frame, considering the events of what happened in Rebels. Right. Like, where's Mandalore at now? Like, I want to know more where they ended up after all this stuff, you know, like so it would definitely be cool to see her because, again, her character, again, has come full circle and. I mean, I, I, I can see her pulling this off as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt Kitty Sackhoff could, could do a great job. But uh, I, I will – I'll say yes. I think she's going to be in it. I don't know about season one, but uh, as we know now, Jon Favreau is currently writing season two. So I wonder if it's more likely she shows up in season two. That's kind of my guess. But yeah, I think it's time for for characters to make the jump from from cartoon into live action, as opposed to the other way, where it's and everybody that we've known in the live action eventually becomes animated. So I, I'd like to see that get get reversed. But yeah, for like I guess you know, this is a show called The Mandalorian, and Dave Filoni is a big part of it. So it seems too tantalizing not to address. The man, those Mandos, the ones that we've already met, like Fen Rao and, and of course, uh, Sabine's family and definitely Bo-Katan, like they're all out there. So it, it seems seems to me that it's, it's it would be a really cool thing to revisit these characters, but in a different, in a, in a, in a live action setting. So I'll, I'll say yes, it's going to happen, maybe not quickly, as quickly as season one. Yeah, I mean, come on, Sabine too, like bring her up back, like that whole crew. Oh, so it's not Sabine. Sabine won't come back. I mean, not, not, not on Mandalorian. 
that, that, just, that, be, that derails oh, that the show. Just, that derails the show. Yeah, people would just be like, ah, screw the Mandalorian. Yeah, that, that hijacks everything. Unless it's like a passing of the torch and like Pedro Pascal's character dies, Sabine's back in the picture, and now the Mandalorian is Sabine, and it's her show. Wouldn't say no or to he, that, but... Can you get maybe like whispers or mentions of through Bo-Katan of Sabine? Uh, I think they steer completely clear of Sabine. I think we might hear like about Clan Wren. Might even hear like the, the, na- the name Tristan Wren thrown about. Uh, but you no, know, I I doubt. I doubt we hear anything about Sabine. Uh, you know what? It'd be cool for for Bo-Katan, a live action Bo-Katan, to mention Sabine, just in passing. Yeah, would be. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, no, I I wouldn't expect to see. Sabine in, in the show at all. All right, and then uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Boy, that's your, yeah, yeah, that's your guy, right? Yeah, I love him. So he he spoke about his role in the Mandalorian. He said, uh, in a way, you might call him an underworld character. You may also look at him as a savior, as someone who might bring back some order to the world after it's all collapsed. So obviously, a, a, another Star Wars villain who thinks he's the hero. We've seen this before, right? Like Anakin Vader, Dooku and Krennic, they're all guys who think what they're doing is, is justified. And they, they see themselves at, they don't see themselves as a villain. They see themselves as trying to write something. So it sounds like this guy, the Giancarlo Esposito character is going down that path. Corey, would you agree? Or do you have a different read? Yes. I don't know. Like I've always kind of thought that way from the beginning, basically, uh, Maybe once this guy was a sketchy kind of dude, super bad, but I don't think the audience is going to want to follow someone and support someone that's an absolute horrible person. So they're going to want to paint a picture of who this person once was and how that contrasts as to now what he is or is becoming. So I don't know. We heard like we heard about the possibility of this child or an orphan baby or something, right? That he has to protect like bad guys don't do that. But I don't know, like, uh, I, I can kind of see this guy, like, basically using his abundant skills to dole out his brand of justice, you know? Are we talking about like, the same guy? I, th- I thought so. <laughs> it sounds like you're talking about the Mandalorian. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 we're not. Carlos, what's your take <laughs> on uh, John Carlo Esposito's character? <laughs> Uh, I think he might be uh, the not the MacGuffin, but he he might be like uh, the cog that pushes the Mandalorian around a little, and uh, he might be like just the the one guy that the Mandalorian actually has to report back to, hmm. or someone he has to deal with uh, for uh, a plot point, you know. Uh, that's the way I looked at it. I mean, he has he has that face. He's just um, there's something about him. Like, is he uh, completely bad? Is he completely good? I mean, I would say no because obviously the gray characters are always the more interesting ones, and um, that's my hope for him as uh, as a character. I'm really interested. I can't wait to see it on November 12th or whenever this they decide to drop it in Canada. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. 
<laughs> let's I don't want I don't want to get all angry about that again. I did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I saw I saw him as maybe the guy who is we know stormtroopers are in this. We know that there's a, a imperial remnant still sort of hanging on to some degree of power wherever these guys are in in Star, the Star Wars galaxy. I thought maybe this character could be the guy sort of holding that remnant together and trying to reestablish imperial order. Um yeah, I thought and you know using draconian methods to do it. Like there's chaos and the the empire is order and I'm going I'm going to be the guy to reestablish that order. But I I also get the the sense that he is like a a classic underworld type guy. So he may not have anything to do with the empire at all and he's just leading some other faction of thugs or a gang of some type and he's yeah but i think he's going to be that type of guy who wants to be the 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 ruler and uh doesn't see a big problem with getting a bit rough in instituting that power because he's going to see it as this is what change looks like it's going to be a bit messy and uh, someone has to do it i'm glad to be the guy and uh I'll, i'll be a hero later history will look kindly upon me but he will be uh He'll be one of those villains that we eventually come to hate very, very much. That's my take. Yeah, I can oh, see yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, well. we get uh, that uh, that Star Wars trope of, uh, you know, Star Wars giving us those characters who live in that mushy, from a certain point of view, spectrum. And they, they too, like you said, Carlos, those guys do tend to be really interesting. Usually. Usually. Is he a Doug? An especially dangerous Doug? Ooh. (laughs) I mean, there was talk. It seemed like they were asking him if he was... um, If if he's human or if he's alien or whatnot. It's possible he's not. They were talking about how they were were filming in the... the, There's scenes in the volume. And which is this weird thing that was developed, I think, for Avatar. I don't know much about it, so I won't speak about it. But it sounds like he may not even be human, which would almost completely take him out of the running for being imperial. I know Thrawn. I know Thrawn is not human, but uh, what's uh, who is uh, Solo's original enslaver in Solo? What do you mean, Lady Proxima? Yeah, that's it. Like this kind of reminds me of that. You know, you think he's going to be Mister Proxima? that would be pretty good but i I don't know just that whole quote of you know like acting as a savior kind of and trying to bring order but like you would say kyle through like you know in order to attain order like you just kind of kind of scare the masses and like portray yourself as the only one who could save the people or the only one powerful enough to keep the influx of food or whatever necessary you know yeah Remember the silos where we saved you? <laughs> Don't throw it all away for Han. He's a piece of shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's park the Mando for a while. Um, all right, this interesting topic this week to discuss. Um, yeah, I guess it's somewhat ten- tangentially related to 
the Mando. It's about uh, George Lucas imparting some wisdom to John Favreau. And so he spoke recently with, I think it was maybe GQ, if that matters. Anyway, uh, the quote that Favreau said is that we had a long talk with each other. One thing he said to me was, remember, John, the real audience for all stories and all myths is the kids that are coming of age. So, uh, hold on, there's a bit more to it. Blah, blah, blah. We enjoy the stories as adults, but really storytelling is about imparting the wisdom of the previous generations onto the children who are becoming adults and giving them a context for how to behave and how to learn the lessons of the past without making the mistakes on their own. That's the hope that you can teach them how to avoid all the hardship, but garner all the wisdom. Mm. Good quote. I, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tough to argue with. It's so well, so well put. And Lucas was was always intent on keeping Star Wars primarily, air quotes, for kids. So my question to you guys, Corey, I'll start with you. Should Lucasfilm honor that going forward? Should Star Wars be, air quotes, for kids, which I guess expanded out means family-friendly? Well, yeah, I mean, what else is going to take it away from that? The only thing they could take it away from that, and I think we've had a discussion about it, is can Star Wars, like, do horror and even at that, yes, it can, because it's done it in the Clone Wars to a certain degree, right? Little, I mean, a little bit, yeah, a little. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, they're almost all encompassing films, either way, right? Like, you have the the love, the sci-fi, the adventure, the action. Like, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know. Marvel is going to start experimenting that regard. Like we've heard of Dr. Strange in the universe or multiverse of madness. Like, I don't know if star Wars is star Wars is not Marvel. And I don't necessarily know that it needs to do that. Like, no, but I you, like you, what you, they've been you're doing. Not, you're not going to expect Dr. Strange to suddenly be full of gore, like a scream movie. No, but it's probably going to be, they're going to probably take it up a notch. I would think like it's, they've, they said the word horror, like, but yes, they're going to try and keep it funny too, and all those Marvel things. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can see some more more jump scares and a bit more of a, a macabre tone, but I don't, I don't think you're going to see blood and guts all over the place. No, I think it's the multiverse of madness that speaks volumes to me. But <laughs> well, yeah, I think they can paint pictures of like almost like psychological madness of of a yeah, sort. exactly. But that's that's a far cry from the typical horror that you imagine with entrails yes. hanging out of <laughs> hanging out of these gaping wounds that's that's not going to happen not not on a disney platform yeah i don't know i just uh it, it's hard to say really it, it'd be nice in, in some certain to, to a certain degree for people to be able to not make star wars their own but you know branch out and do different things but at the same time i i like that people adhere to this somewhat formulaic uh formula or this formula you know <laughs> formulaic formula oh boy allow but myself to introduce myself, myself yeah <laughs> but uh i don't know like i said these films are always already like all encompassing like so we go to see them for like i don't know if they rogue one for example like it's different but at the same time it's really bears the essence of star wars right so i think they can stand alone I wish they would more. <laughs> I wish they'd take that risk again. Because again, Rogue One and Solo were both absolutely amazing. And they had different vibes than what the saga films were. 
I mean, they had the same essence again, somewhat. They were Star Wars films. And I like playing in that sandbox. I don't, again, necessarily think we need to go and just do some art piece or, you know, I don't know. Like, I I think think we should keep it like, respect Lucas's uh, vision. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos, what's your take on that? Uh, on the original point or the babble that we just have to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I think that um, it's definitely... We we try to make the meaning of things a lot deeper. Uh, and when you watch A New Hope, uh, knowing that there's a whole universe around that, it makes the story of A New Hope deeper. Uh, just like Rogue One made A New Hope a better movie. But if you strip all that away and you're stuck with that original movie, there's not much to, There's not much story there. It, it, it's, it is literally a coming-of-age story about doing the right thing. That, that's, that's just what it's, what it's about. So we have this tendency to, to to build to build up this whole universe and to take a bob Iger quote uh about having movies being released uh every 2 to 3 years and turning that into 2 to 3 movies a year for some reason like it got everything got <laughs> conflated mm-hmm. because we because cuz we want it so much and it's like well, yeah, they're gonna make movies every two, three years. Yeah, every two years. Yeah, every you know every, every six year months. or two. Look at Marvel. Yeah. We're, we're, they're, they're all gonna do it. <laughs> so, uh, every all that stuff got blown out of proportion, and nobody did it to uh, nobody did it to us but ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, so it comes back to that to to the whole thing of of Lucas and and what Star Wars is primarily about. First of all, uh, Carrie Fisher always said Star Wars is about family, and um he just says here like uh, talking about the uh, joseph campbell and and the the coming of age story uh you know and the myth um it's like arthur it's like it's like all all those stories and timeless yeah and it's um if they want to play in different sandboxes they can do that as well um but if they stick with that i think they're uh, they're doing it justice as well, you know? Like, that I, I, doesn't have to be one or the other for me. It could be both, depending on the project, depending, depending on, the, on the, the director, depending on a, on a bunch of different things. Um, yeah, that's true, like, too. Yeah, so, like, if you look at Rogue One, okay? Is it a coming-of-age story? No, not really. It's a, it's a universe and a world-building story. It's a tangential story to the main story and it was done fantastically so it didn't have to be a coming of age story for it to be star wars as long as it's done right and i think they did it right so i i as of now i'm uh i'm hopeful (laughs) that it continues on that trend I'm just worried that somebody's going to clip this together and then on December 20th just send me <laughs> Really? Are you hopeful now? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. 
But uh, and plus Bill Burr's in The Mandalorian, so. Oh, um, oh. I'm still so happy. I, w- I just want him to acknowledge it. He hasn't said anything about it. No, he's, didn't he? I think he did. Did he? I, yeah, I told you. I, I actually reached out to you that he talked about it. On this podcast. Any, I don't remember anything. It's not yeah. with me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. Like, part, part of what makes uh, Star Wars so popular, so like so unbelievably popular that there's now like, I don't know how many hundreds of podcasts about it and how many blogs and whatnot. Like, it's 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 insane. But the reason for that is just the mass appeal that it has. Like, it just transcended so many, so many different lines and demographics. And, you know, back when we had just the three movies, those three movies did the job of appealing to an entire generation, everybody. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the reason why. Even Red Foreman. <laughs> did, did, was he Do you remember board? that? Did he, What's that? Did, was Red Foreman a fan? Yeah, you, you, they see it originally in the theater for the first time, and like when the Death Star explodes, you just like, whoa, like. Yeah, you're damn right. Red Foreman was a fan, but I mean, the the other thing is, these stories are rooted in myths, right? And they're, they're, those are the stories that we all kind of inherently recognize, and we resonate with those stories. And like you guys yeah, said, tales like, of good versus evil. Right and wrong. Yeah, they're timeless. They're universal. Like Lucas found a way to tap into what the essence of those stories and just he kind of repackaged them all in this shiny modern wrapper that we would all lap up in in the form of like light swords and and spaceships and space wizards. He he found a magical recipe, and I I think in the end what what Lucas is telling Favreau is. Is just not to lose sight of the fact that this is a, a fun and weird and lighthearted franchise. At, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It, and those things are hardwired into Star Wars. And I, I think he's reminding Favreau that Star Wars is not Blade Runner. It's not Dune. It's it's not hard sci-fi where it needs to just you know, you know get, getting getting down that dark and gritty path. There's a place for it in Star Wars, but at the end of the day, it comes back around to Star Wars is its own thing, and it's it's usually family oriented. It's um, it's like digestible for for pretty much everybody. All right, so let, let, I guess let me let me ask you this then, on a similar similar vein. But we got after this three movies came out, we start heading into the the, the dark times. We got the Ewok movies and the droid cartoons and the Ewok cartoon for that matter and the comics and the EU novels. And so not everything had that mass appeal. Um, So obviously it was the core of the franchise is the biggest deal. So in 2019, I think it's safe to say that the, the core of the franchise is still the movies. We're still, I think most people are still, mostly excited for the rise of skywalker when you break out of fandom and ask people in the streets what are you excited for with star wars what does it mean to you as a franchise what do you think of they think of the movies they're not thinking of disney plus yet so fast forward five months from now or a year from now does the core of star wars change 
What do you think about that, Carlos? Does does the core of what makes Star Wars Star Wars change if the Mando is universally loved and uh, the platform is doing well and Rise of Skywalker just comes and goes? What do you think happens then? Okay, so the premise of your question is if the Mandalorian is more popular than the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, from this, not from the standpoint of, of ticket sales or, or money brought in, but in terms of like... This fan is reaction? what, yeah, fan reaction. This is the Star Wars we want. If oh. the, if that is the overriding sentiment, what happens then? Or if Disney says, "Man, this streaming platform is killing it. We're it's doing great things. We're getting great feedback." Can that feedback change what the core of Star Wars is? Could they? Could that that feedback render uh, the idea of of what Lucas just said about myths and coming of age? Can, can it erode that until they say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go down the path of of the Mandalorian"? Like this, this is the core of Star Wars now. Is that possible? Uh, uh, well, my uh, what I was gonna say is, I think it's inevitable because the Skywalker saga is coming to an end, and this is like I would call it the first wave of the Disney era of Star Wars coming to an end, and. I think no matter how the Mandalorian is received in comparison to the last Skywalker, people are going to attribute it to we like the streaming better than the movies now because there's going to be that backlash that has quieted over the last six months. But uh, the, the piranhas are still waiting for the water to be chummed. Oh, for sure. So as, as soon as Mandalorian comes out, and I mean, I think it's going to be a hit. Um, I mean, it looks, it looks be, amazing. So yeah, yeah, and there are people who are just not going to accept anything that JJ does in the Rise of Skywalker because the Last Jedi isn't what they wanted. So well, and you also you also have people who's who said from the minute Disney bought Lucasfilm, they just said this is going to suck, and they've they've convinced them they had convinced oh, yeah. themselves of that and. They'll go. They'll, they'll yeah. die on that hill. Yeah, there are exactly they they're uh, confirmation bias. Like, oh, I don't like this character. Star Wars sucks now. Like, when they don't. Anyways, there's no introspection or no insight into what the actual first stories are, and it comes back to that George Lucas quote talking about how it's about the myths of kids that are coming of age. You know, so it's like. Yeah, dude, you came of age already. Like, get yourself a new pair of sweatpants and maybe <laughs> go for a jog. Like, it's, it's time. It's it's time. It's not for you anymore. It's okay. Leave the it's bag okay of Doritos go. alone. Go get off the couch. Take a walk. Well, but you're allowed to let go. You don't have to hang on to it and strangle it to death. Just let it go and do something else. Absolutely. There's you, a box. You have the box set of the originals. Maybe you want to get back into Battlestar Galactica. Maybe, you know, hate your life in a different way. Like, just leave Star <laughs> Wars alone. <laughs> you know, sometimes you come across these fans that, yeah, man, I, I, I love the OT and I, I love A New Hope and Empire. Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi was okay. I didn't like the Ewoks. But then the prequels, and oh, God, the prequels are terrible. And man, oh, man. And then, well, uh, these new movies, they're okay. I don't like them so much either. So what I'm getting from you is you liked episodes four and five. Yeah, pretty much. 
as soon as expectations start creeping in, as soon as you started getting expectations, it ruined the experience for you. Oh yeah, because you you loved Star Wars, and then you were like so excited that there was another Star Wars, but now they set a precedent, and now you have expectations for the next part, and it lets you down, and now everything else is let down because you're still wearing the same sweatpants that you were wearing in 1983, and you can't get over it. Get over it. It's okay. <laughs> Let go. It's okay to move on. Yeah, for me, I think it's, it's as long as Disney is in charge, specifically Iger, and definitely uh, Kathleen Kennedy with Lucasfilm, it's, the movies are the core for me. I think well, I think like, they'll keep it that way because we we are getting at least two more series of films, and I think that is still going to be the biggest deal for them because that's that's going to be I think that'll be their signature on Star Wars. Like, sure, I mean we've got the sequel trilogy, but this is those will be their first forays into completely um, untethered content, not related to the Skywalkers. That'll be the thing that. Perhaps they they are most known for it as as creators, so to speak. Yeah, it's new story making, like with no with no restrictions. So yeah, so I think they're gonna put everything they have into the movie experience. I would hope so, yeah. And so yeah, that's. But again, that said, we're we're entering unknown territory with Disney Plus. So maybe they brought they can maybe there's a chance to broaden that scope a bit. But I I think if they do that. You start rolling the dice a bit on on diluting the uh, potential cultural impact that these stories can tell. And uh, hell, I'm not smart enough at all to uh, determine whether or not it's a smart move. But my initial reaction, my gut says that Star Wars should first and foremost uh, tell stories that at least try to embed that timeless quality to it and appeal to an audience especially the young uh, before it, before it really decides to target anybody else. Cause I think if it works for the kids, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll grow from there. Yeah. Like, and think about it too, like rogue one and revenge of the Sith. Like, do you really want to say those are kids films? You know what I mean? It, it like, it takes place in this larger story, but I mean, Yes, they can watch them, but they're, I mean, if you can't tell your story with those in, inside that kind of sandbox, like, I don't know what you want to do to Star Wars afterward. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Lucas like, went down how some different pretty dark you roads, make right? He, he slaughtered children. He beat up pe- pregnant women. Like, Lucas went to some pretty dark places in that. And he pulled his punches in terms of not showing all of it, of course. And I think that's only appropriate, I think. We don't need to see Anakin beheading children that's i think that's many bridges too far right yeah i mean well we saw him roasting that was pretty brutal it's not a child no but it's, it was still pretty bad I'm not, that's what i'm saying like if you can't do like what more do you want to do or how different do you want to make it you know what i mean like like you guys said the myth of the whole thing like you, you got i really hope they stick to George's vision somewhat. I mean, take think outside the box a bit, but don't don't take too many liberties, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's you can't copy him. 
Because if you try to inco- if you try to copy Lucas, you'll probably make a bad movie. But you have, I think you have to try to understand what makes Star Wars tick, and then go with that. You know, because I, I think, like, I, I think, well, I think Dune. So someone at some point referred to Dune as like Star Wars for adults. So I'm curious to see, like, they're making a Dune movie now. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be pretty good. It's, oh, Danny Villeneuve, man. And I, I want to see that movie. Not because, specifically because it's a story I've always wanted to read, but I just can't be bothered with like a thousand page novel. But also I want to see if there's any cries for like, oh, this is really good, man. Like Star Wars should do this. Like I wonder if, if I'm really curious to observe if, if people say that. Dune is the new Star Wars, man. <laughs> Starting a Dune podcast. <laughs> I bet you there is one. The Dune cast. I bet you it's out there. I'm going to see if there is. Of course there is. Dune podcast. Yeah, the the, the, the Dune saga podcast. May Shai Hulud clear the path before you. Yeah, Dune cast. <laughs> there you go. Uh, RetroZap has one called the Dune cast podcast. Uh, yeah, the Dune podcast on RetroZap podcast network. So there's already a bunch of these. I wonder if that conversation is already future, being man. had. Star Wars is over. It's dead, Basically. man. It's dead. Anyway, but it's it's it is a fine line to walk, I think, especially with with the way fandom breaks along so many different lines. And it, like we talked about off the top of the show with the uh, on-demand services and and getting what you want right now. You know, everybody everybody kind of wants something that feels like it was made just for them. But I. I but I feel like that, by definition, sort of uh, shortens or uh, blunts the 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 reach and lifespan of certain stories. But it, like you have all these avenues now, like streaming and VR and video games, and you know, video games are getting more and more cinematic and immersive all the time. But yeah, I, I'm 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 a big time yes. Star Wars should honor that Lucas ethos because. I think Star Wars benefits from the relative simplicity of of the stories that George is telling. I'm not saying that they were dopey stories. There's lots lots of layers to these stories, but on the surface, they are also very easily digestible movies. So yeah, there you go. Anybody else want to uh, have a little soliloquy? <laughs> I'm good. You're good. I'm good. You sure you want to move on to what's next, Corey? Sure. <laughs> What's next is a voicemail from our pal Rick. Let's go check that out. Hey, uh, Tumbling Saber crew, Kyle, Corey, Carlos, Marie, Michelle, Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Mo, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. There's so many of you now. It's it's getting out of hand, Kyle. You gotta rein it in. Anyway, it's Rick, and um, I got a couple of questions for you guys this week. It's been light in the Star Wars news the last couple of weeks, summertime before the big push happens with D23 in a couple of weeks. But I've been thinking about um, kind of the way the sequel trilogy has been playing out. And I, in my own head, cannot see a way where they would have written this sequel trilogy without 
Luke Skywalker dying. Like, I don't see him having survived all the way through to Episode 9, even, or through Episode 9, if, even if there wasn't a newer, younger hero, if there was no Rey. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think, regardless of circumstances, or even in what we knew going into the sequel trilogy before The Force Awakens came out, do you think there was any way that Luke would have survived through to the end of Episode Nine? I don't see it, but I'll leave that for you to discuss. Now, that said, um, I have another question, and this one has to do kind of with the possibility of an episode 10. And my question is, we know that at some point they're going to carry these stories on, whether they be with Rafin, Poe, Kylo, whoever, or if there's some other group of people, but still within the same timeline, but, um, you know, much farther removed in the future. Um, how much, how long do you think we're going to have to wait to get those posters that we won from Corey last Christmas, because it's almost 2020, and that was eight months ago, Corey. Get with the program, brother. I'm just playing. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so my question, yeah, Luke, do you see a way where he uh, lives or doesn't die in the sequel trilogy? Either way, curious to hear what you have to say, and uh, may that force be with you. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. And there goes Mr. Rick. Thank you, sir. Always, always, always good to hear from one of the great knights of the Commonwealth. What do you, what do you, what do you say about a guy like Rick? He's awesome. Super supportive. Super cool guy. Yeah, love him. We love us some Rick around here. But it, it, it sounds like, uh, guys, it sounds like Rick is kind of fed up with some of you. My low. <laughs> he wants me to rein it in. Uh, those are his words, not mine. Who, me? What did I do? <laughs> or sleepyhead. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, could be some trouble here. Brewing in the future. I don't know. But you, Corey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What? How about those posters? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's not like Rick didn't, uh, didn't mention it. Uh, you know, I haven't even thought about it, honestly. Oh, of course you haven't. Oh, like that is that that is a horrible look, man. I I haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. You committed to this. It'll they'll be sent. Don't worry. I I I took a big reach earlier in the spring. I'm like, man, I bet you it'll be like June before you send those out. You're like, ah, whatever. I could do it by June. It's now August. <laughs> yeah. Yet Every those... time you mention it, I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna block it out again. Forget about it. You're not screwing me. In a way, you are, but you're screwing our friends who you Dude, committed. Dude, I have them. To. So send them. <laughs> I will. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring them to your place. You send them. Then you can sit. Then you can really say I didn't do it. But you committed to it. I, I, and I, I will. Gonna, it's going to come to this anyway. But like, you see what happened here, right? Yeah. You said you were going to do something, and then you didn't do it. <laughs> But I'm going to do it. <laughs> what year? What year? Can we, can we, like... Yeah, it's going to be in 2019. I told you before the end of uh, summer 2019. Wow. Okay, so by September 21st, it'll be done. That's, that's correct, sir. 
That's what I said last time too, I think. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so yeah, no more no more uh, posters from Corey. I still have another one to give away too. <laughs> yeah, that we'll we'll save that for 2023. Good lord. All right, let's get to Rick's question here. Uh, Corey, how long? Or I was no. You think about what you did. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> Carlos, going back to uh, before the Force Awakens, did you see any way that Luke would survive to see the end of the sequel trilogy? Uh, it's tough to remember what I thought before. I'll go. I'll go to. Walking into the theater to watch The Force Awakens, like that's how that's as far back as I can go. And it never occurred to me that he wouldn't. But at the, by the end of the movie, I'm like, ooh, that's looks like Obi Wan. Yeah. So. It's, I don't know if I had thoughts about, I probably had a thousand thoughts about it uh, from uh, the first time I watched Return of the Jedi of how Luke's arc, what what does Luke end up doing and how does he end up? But as far as from the the announcement of the new movies, I I can't remember until I'm the, I'm sure I did have thoughts, but the, the, my my thought walking into the theater was, "This is going to be Luke's story." And was I wrong? Oh yeah, my goodness, yeah. Like I absolutely thought Luke would survive the entire trilogy. Totally, like it, the thought of Luke dying never crossed my mind for a, for a second. Not once. Not even. I I think I read a potential spoiler on msw way back when it was one that turned out not to be true in the slightest uh, but even when i read that i was like no no way not a chance they wouldn't kill luke can't do it no nope 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 um yeah so i i thought he was gonna see the end of episode nine retiring to be this 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 happy old man and i thought like nobody would have the nobody's gonna have the balls to kill luke and also lucas himself like he forbade any EU writers back in the day from from killing Luke in the novels, so I thought, yeah, you know what? Maybe that clause is kind of embedded into this sequel trilogy as well. Like, yeah, fine. Here's the movies. Part of this is that uh, you can't kill Luke. That's my boy. You can't kill him. Um, yeah, I I, I totally thought that. What about you, Corey? Uh, like, like Carlos said, it's, it's kind of hard to remember back to like 2012 and be like, what was I speculating on? But one of the first tidbits of information we did receive on uh, TFA was the casting call, right? That was one of the first bits of information that I remember seeing. And then you, then you kind of start like hypothesizing things like, okay, this could be possibly Jason and Jaina. Because there was like the Kylo Ren character description and the the Ray character description, and anyhow, at that point, I think I probably started thinking about it a little more. And Luke was bound to be the Obi Wan of this franchise, so I'm pretty sure I thought it was going to happen. 
I just didn't know how. Like, definitely not the way that it actually did happen. But I also didn't want to see him go out in, like, a Qui-Gon manner where he's just like, ooh, <laughs> like, that face. Ooh, you got me. <laughs> you know, when Maul gets him. But I don't know. Uh... Spoilers? Jeez. <laughs> The, the way Luke does go out, though, is pretty much the most satisfying thing in Star Wars almost ever. Like, Ooh. what it means, what it represents, how it happens. Uh, you just made some people mad with that statement. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. That's my opinion. I'm sorry. But uh, no, I'm not sorry. Like, it's, it's how I feel. Like, I I think no, it's I know amazing. I know what you mean. Because I would I, – I think the way he went out, again, is is – like when so you really look at the it, character, it's it's letting Luke go out on his own terms, and I think that it, that it, that is the best thing for Luke because I would, I'd be really but pissed. It works if... on so many different levels too, though. Like just sparking the fire, letting them escape, uh, the sheer power and magnitude of what he's actually doing with the Force. But like again, just like sparking uh, the hope within the galaxy again. Like he's the reason why the Resistance survives, and why you see. This flies over so many people's heads, I find. Like, the end scene where you see those kids playing with the toys. Mm-hmm. And they're basically saying, like, I'm Luke Skywalker. And, you know, like, that story is spread. Like, what he did. And then it's like, imagine telling that story. And then he vanished. Like, 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 what? Like, kids would, that is, like, myth, you know? Like, that's the kind of thing that would definitely spark the that fire in the in the hearts of children across the entire galaxy you know absolutely for sure yeah and like you said it, it does work on many many levels not, not for me like one of the big, big things is i i don't want i wouldn't want to see luke get killed by kylo yeah like or, a lightsaber fight would you really want to see luke get like oh like in someone's arms or like again picture qui-gon when he gets it just that face he's like ooh, <laughs> like no, like seeing Luke go down that way is not something that I ever could get my head around. And I'm glad that I'm glad that it 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 went, played out the way it did. And Dude, think, when I that think... happened in theater, man, I couldn't uh, him floating on that rock. I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, like even right through TFA's release, like I I thought that Luke, like that hero that we grew up with. Would uh, he, him and Leia would would find peace at the end? I knew that Han was gone, but I I felt strongly that Luke and Leia would survive. Uh, very wrong, <laughs> very wrong. But I was like you just talked about it, Corey. Like seeing Luke go out the way he did was not like I wasn't mad about it at all. I'm like, holy cow, what a what a fitting way for Luke to go out. And like it's it, perfect. Man. Yeah, like, I, Michael Arndt spoke about it again. I've mentioned this before, but um. In case people have forgotten, or it's the first show, or whatnot, like when he was writing his draft of TFA, and you see this again manifest itself in the Last Jedi. When Luke came into this trilogy, he kind of took over the story, and everything becomes about Luke, and we as the audience all zone in on Luke. And like even the Last Jedi kind of sidelines Ray at the end so that Luke could be dealt with. And I think Ryan Johnson mentioned how. As he wrote The Last Jedi, it became clearer to him that Luke would have to exit the story. And I, I, you know, I think it makes sense. I think it, I don't know that he, he had too much choice in the matter. Well, he could have. Of course, he had choice. But I think he made the right choice. 
and looking at all the pieces that are left on the board, yeah, I, I don't think there was really any sense of, any sensible way to 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 approach it other than how we did. And like the the episode nine, the climax is going to be about these new heroes and and yeah. them figuring it out, right? Like if if Luke is around, and I you know for the longest time until until Luke actually died, up until that moment in my brain. Luke Skywalker would be around for episode nine to help sort things out in the end, physically in the flesh, you know, lightsaber in hand. That, that overshadows the new protagonists that overshadows Ray and it overshadows Kylo and what they're going to do together in order to finally defeat Palpatine and bring about peace. Like if Luke's there, it, it takes away from them and yep. Unless he turns to the dark side, which people also would have went crazy over. Which would be stupid. In episode <laughs> 9, you're going to turn Luke to the dark side? No, what happened in 8? <laughs> I, th- I think in the novelization for The Last Jedi, I think Snoke refers to uh, Luke's spirit as sort of unbreakable or unreachable or something. Like there was no way he could get to Luke, so he had to find another way. Yeah, there's uh yeah, Carlos. Anything? Uh, what was that Chewy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think I I've I said everything I, I have to say on that. It's um, it's <laughs> part of me is like, is he really dead though? Like, I, I, like, are they gonna throw us a curveball and? And then they're gonna tell us that what we saw isn't what we really saw. Like there's there's that little fear uh, in my mind, but um, nothing's ever really gone though, you know. Exactly. Well, again, like death in Star Wars just doesn't mean if you're if you're a Jedi, if you're a Force user, dying doesn't mean a whole lot. It's almost like a goal. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like a vacation now. All right, I'm a ghost now. I did it my way. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, you can go to Hoth and not get cold. You could go to Tatooine and not get hot. It's, just, it's, frankly, it looks like it's probably the best of both worlds. Yeah. Not you sound like deal with you, sand. You sound, you sound like you're ready to retire, Kyle. Yeah, oh, if I could force Ghost, I'd punch right out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like the way to go. You know, do you, I, do you think? Do you think Force Ghosts get hungry? Or they're just always comfortable. Probably always comfortable. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. My stomach's always full. (laughs) Oh, God. I I wonder if they get, like, hankerings for, like, pizza or a taco. And they just can't do it because they... Well, I guess they could grab it. They could just be, like... They could just think it up and it'll be in their mouth already, like, hmm. I guess they could, right? A wife never overcooks the brisket. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Unless, well, you got to watch out for the lean parts. Yeah, those overcook quickly. I know, but they get crispy. It's nice, you know, little texture. Yeah, well, if you dry out the meat, it's just, it's no good. It's no good for anybody. It's beautiful. Did we answer Rick's question? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was hard for us all to remember exactly what our mind frame was at that time, but yeah. I again feel that 
I always felt that Luke would play the Obi-Wan role and that, yeah, I think, you know, the new characters were going <clears> to <throat> come to the fore. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think we forget that though. I think, um, there's those, those old interviews between, or with Mark Hamill, maybe he was on TV and he said that, yeah, George talked to me in, in 2011, he wants to bring me back and I'll take on the Obi-Wan role. We knew then it's on the record then. And then I think, Right, maybe during the the Disney purchase or the time after, what? Like Kathleen Kennedy's talking about, yeah, a new generation of of heroes, and we're gonna have new protagonists, and the old generation passing the torch to the new, and all this what? stuff was, <laughs> all this stuff was put out there. It's not like it wasn't; they didn't tell us. So I mean, I think we just kind of just, yeah, 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 fine, great, but tell us about how Luke is gonna kick everybody's ass. Exactly. <laughs> Kill Han, kill Leia, I don't care. Tell me how Luke's going to kick everybody's ass. But Luke is the guy that, first and foremost, probably had to be dealt with. Aside from Han, because Harrison Ford didn't want to stick around. But yeah. He's a deadbeat dad. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> That's to be revisited. All right. Uh, Rick, I hope that answers your question. For <laughs> I, think it, I, think, I think we answered the question. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we couldn't go back as some some of us couldn't go super far back, but uh, yeah, I think we I think we did Rick's question some justice. I don't know, Rick, you tell us. Uh, all right, guys, that uh, that that is it. That is episode one hundred and eighty six. It's in the books. We're done. We're out of here. I had fun, guys. This was good. Quickened up yep. the pace a little bit. Of course, it, you know, it doesn't doesn't uh, hurt to have. Uh, very little news to talk about, but I uh, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the brisker pace. I agree. Same here. Good. So if you guys want to be part of the podcast in the future, uh, maybe we'll get your question on the show. I know we will. Make it a question of the week. Send send us your questions to uh, tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Send us a DM, a DM or a voicemail or whatever. We'll get it onto an upcoming podcast. Uh, if you also want to help us out, share this podcast with your friends on social media or otherwise. Uh, and leave us a review. That that helps us as well. Get up into those uh, weird I, Apple podcast rankings and help put our little thumbnail in front of other eyeballs who might uh, might take a chance on us and listen to us and maybe enjoy us. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode and all episodes of Tumbling Saber on E14, Emotionally14.com, as part of the E14 endorsed program. So go check that out at Emotionally14.com. Listen to Rob and Brad over at TSW and uh, check them all out. Also, be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We have eight podcasts. Everybody's still doing great jobs. Everybody's finding good things to talk about, interesting topics in this uh, drought of Star Wars news. So go check it out on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider or our base on the web, StarWarsCommonwealth.com. And guys, with all that out of the way... Let's tell everyone where we can be found on social media. Carlos. You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Carlos Candido Music on Facebook. Check out my website, carloscandidomusic.com. And uh, if you want to be a supporter of my music, you can go to patreon.com slash carloscreates. And for as little as $3 a month, uh, you'll receive music as soon as my... Operating system allows me to record the music itself. 
<laughs> and I'll be able to release it. Yeah, I had a whole song released uh, and uploaded, and it crashed. So my system crashed on me this last month. And uh, this is my weekend with my kids, so I didn't have any opportunity to to, to get some stuff done. But uh, it's it's coming soon. So, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we forgive you. We forgive you. Corey. Well, I would like everybody to find me at Chop Rules with a Z on Twitter. And uh, again, always join us in our closed Facebook group where we can fully geek out and be safe in the, our little safe haven of Star Wars. It's like yep. a warm blanket. Come join us in there. Come make, come make a mess. We're, we're talking Star Wars, but come join the fun. Uh, we always... we. The more the merrier. Let's let's get some uh, some more topics going in there. Come join us in our closed Facebook group and uh, have some fun. Otherwise, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram and in that closed Facebook group all the time, all day long. Uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, we're done. We're out of here for episode 186. Hope you enjoyed it. Share it with your friends if you did. And uh, that's it. Have a great week. And we will talk to you all in episode 187. See you later, everybody. May the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting, and I relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it.
Why you running? Why you running? 